0: Our Gospel reading this morning is taken from the Gospel according to John, we find in chapter 14, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 7. Hear now the reading of the good news. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him, and this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, and again, thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning as we continuing, in, or as we are continuing in this uh, sermon series called "The Heart of Worship." Um, It has been an engaging um, series for all of us as uh, we are considering and thinking about and reflecting um, about what it means to worship, to strip away all those things that get in our way, those distractions that we, you know, we began our service this morning with, with a moment just to pause long enough to let those distractions settle and let us find a moment of peace that we can continue together and to worship God. We we've been engaging with focus groups about what what worship means and how do we worship and and the things that are that we find distracting and the things that that get in the way and hinder our worship and and then we talk about things that are that are helpful and meaningful in worship the things that lead us to the heart of worship all those things have been going on behind the scenes and I want to thank those two groups of, of focus uh, team members who have. Um, taking the time out of their days to meet with us via Zoom and just kind of reflect and talk about what it means uh, to worship and to find the heart of worship. And, uh, you know, last week Kristen brought up the golden circle that Simon Sinek uh, offers in his book, um, Starting With Why. And it's a, an incredible in and in a challenging uh, concept to start with the question, Why? Why do we do something? Why do we gather? Why do we worship? Why do we do anything? Why do we make things we make and sell things we sell and buy things we buy? These are the things that Simon Sinek is interested in and and is is pushing back against. Because typically, as Kristen uh, articulated last week, uh, that most organizations, all organizations, know what they do. And the vast majority of organizations start with what? Those are the products. That's that's what they all know they have. And for most consumers, that's where they start. They know what they're looking for, and that's what they gravitate towards. But these very successful, those that are inspiring organizations, those that are long-lasting and, and inspire others, they don't necessarily start with the, with the what question. They, in fact, they start with a why question, the one that we rarely ever get to. So companies like Apple, they start with why. Why do we make what we do? Why do we sell what we do? Why do we do what we do? That's a much more difficult question. And it gets down to the core of what the organization is about or what the person is about or what this community is about. The why. And so as we push um, ourselves as a, as a staff and as clergy and as a congregation, we want our church, our congregation, we want Ashland Place to start with the question, Why? And so Kristen offered those questions last week about worship, why we worship. And the next connected circle in this golden circle is the how question. Another question that many organizations and many individuals don't wrestle with, but it's there. And this golden circle leads us from the why to the how. Those how factors, how do we address the why? How do we respond to the why? And so we have a couple of questions we want you to think about today in light of the uh, how questions. The first question is, how do we worship God? And the second question is a two-fold question. How does worship shape your faith? And how does worship shape your life? These are important questions coming out of why. And as we think about the how and the why, I want us to kind of take a step back and and remember the Old Testament story that we just heard read earlier this morning. As Kristen read the story from from Nehemiah, as these exiles are are beginning to to gather again in this this Jerusalem, in this city that has been devastated by war, has been abandoned because of an exile, and now they've gathered back. And Ezra and Nehemiah are two of the key leaders. These are God-called leaders to come back and to lead the people into the why question and into the how question. Why would these uh, refugees who had settled in all parts of of the Babylonian Empire and who had grown comfortable and had probably successful lives as best they could and all throughout this Babylonian Empire begin to make their way back? That goes to the why question. Why would they come back? Why would they rebuild the city? Why would, they, uh, why would they rebuild the walls? And why would they begin to rebuild the temple? It all goes back to their belief and their identity as being God's people. And Jerusalem and the temple located in Jerusalem is God's city. It's David's capital city. It's part of their identity. It is uniquely tied to their identity. That's why. Well, how do they do it? Well, Nehemiah and Ezra are leading them into answering that question. They know why they're God's people. Now, how they begin to gather publicly in this public square, as Kristen read that story, and they're standing on this platform, the leaders, uh, these Le- Levitical priests, and then there's Ezra and Nehemiah, and they open up the scriptures. And they begin to read. And the people have gathered around. And when they hear the law read, it takes them back to this communal memory. And they weep. They weep as they hear the law read. And they are reminded that they are God's people. That they are a covenant people. Covenant with a living God. And they are now finding themselves in this holy place. Their place. God's place. Where they abide together with God. So Ezra and Nehemiah continue to lead them in this incredible journey of answering the how questions. How do we rebuild this city? How do we re-identify ourselves as God's people? How do we remember all of this? How do we worship again? And if we pay attention to that reading in Nehemiah, we will hear very similar elements. In worship to our worship as these elements of how the factors of how in worship have been passed from generation to generation from century to century and from millennia to millennia when we gather in a public place and we read the scriptures and we hear them interpreted and God leads us God leads his called people and we respond by offering ourselves authentically offering ourselves and sometimes it looks like sounds like tears and crying as we remember god's covenant with us and as how how, how we as a people as humanity have broken this covenant these are the why and the how questions and the factors that are at play in the, in the Nehemiah story. These are the factors that we are employed with every moment in worship. Why and how. As I think about the why and how questions, I, I, I go back some years ago, and, and this has been a, almost a haunting, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful and pleasurable memory but it's almost haunting at the same time. My, my daughter, our daughter Ellie, um, loved theater. Still does love theater. In fact, she's studying the Master of Fine Arts now. But when she was a young girl, she was in her first production, first play. And it was The Wizard of Oz. And it was put on in Dothan, Alabama at the, at the Dothan Opera House. And, and um, they rehearsed at a community center. And, and there were lots of, children involved and lots of adults that were actors and and there were directors and the production teams and and um, support staff and teams that were all part of this uh, community theater and she just fell in love with this whole world that was a great mystery to me She loved the script. She loved the makeup, the costuming. She loved the singing and the dancing. She loved the the production, everything about it. These worlds were just transforming and being created out of imaginations there before her eyes. And she just was like a sponge. And she was soaking it up. For me, it was one more thing to do in the afternoon to pick her up from school and to take her to rehearsals. It was one more uh, task to accomplish, one more mile marker and goal to get to the production day when I could go see the play and see the final product. That's what it was for me. It was a product. It was an answer to a what question. But for Ellie, she was answering the why question. She began with why and moved through the how question. And now she continues to answer how as she studies to teach others how to be in a production, how to take part in, and how to be a sponge. So as I, as I think about that whole experience, those weeks and months of rehearsals and preparations and, and, and things to do, and her just immersion in these evolving and developing worlds. I knew there was a lesson for me here. I knew there was a lesson about church, about worship. I knew that the lesson was not so much about the drama world versus the church world, or it wasn't a lesson about a play versus a worship service, and it, and it wasn't about a rehearsal production versus planning the perfect service. No. I think the lesson for me is that it was the approach that we each took. Her approach was the why and the how. My approach was the what. And I still enjoy going to plays whenever I go to plays. I love watching her in plays. But she, she found the core in the heart of drama and theater and she loves it and she lives it and maybe that's maybe that's something there for us as a church to begin to take hold of and, and to start with the why and to move through the how and then we will discover the what how does the why inform the how and how does well how does how lead to the what this is the course of this series but for today let's just think about the how let's consider that how question but we always have to keep in mind the why we can't address the how factors and lose sight of the why because the why is so informative We we find that as we read in the Gospel of John. You know, the Bible is filled with why. God is why. Our belief in God is why. Our belief in God is revealed in in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is revealed in Jesus Christ as he lays out in chapter 14. As is laid out through the New Testament. This loving and creating God was first introduced to us, first revealed to us in in Genesis and is woven through the Old Testament until we find this revelation, a more full revelation of who God is in Jesus Christ. This belief, this storyline, that is the why. That's why we gather and worship. Our focus groups talked about that. We gather because we, we want to worship God before all God has done. God is a creating God, God is a saving God, God is a God of life. God gives us things that we could never provide for ourselves. And we are left by clinging to the answer to why. And finding ways to address the factors of how. And Jesus tells us. As He as He tells His disciples in chapter chapter 14, he is this is a powerful moment in the in the in the story of, of the Gospel of John as Jesus has had this moment. Uh, this last night, his last supper with his, his disciples, and they are, they're, they're walking from the upper room where they probably ate the last supper, and they were making their way to the garden. And as he's walking, he's, t- he's talking, and he's teaching. He's continuing to offer these final teaching moments that they will begin to clearly understand, continue to, to grasp what, it, what the why is. And he's also introducing the how. He's reminding there's a, there's a how to, to the why. And it's all it's it's about abiding. It's about living with, it, it's about sacrifice. Now in chapter in chapter 13, when we find them in that upper room, as they are eating their meal together, and Jesus is that incredible moment when he takes his upper top robe off and he wraps a towel around his waist and begins to wash their feet and and he, and he tells them that he has to do this he has to do it as a as a sign and an example of what it means to love to love sacrificially to place himself below his status his his station in life as the lowest servant and then when he, when he finishes this act of of showing love and, and sacrifice by washing their feet. He tells them, He tells them in these two verses in thirty-four and thirty-five of chapter thirteen of John, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In these two verses, Jesus gives a clear clue of how we live out the why. We offer ourselves in love to one another. And as we do that, we will find ourselves, as he talks about in chapter 14, our hearts will not be troubled, and that we will find ourselves abiding and living with God, the Father and the Son, together, abiding in this relationship that is bound by love and grace. So the how and the why are always intertwined. But to get to that why, our belief in this creating and redeeming and saving God, this God of love and grace, to have that, that the belief that we, can, that we can abide with this God that we can have a life with this God that is so interconnected. Interconnected because of what Christ has done for us. We do that by belief. And our belief, our belief, leads us to love and to offer that love to one another. And when we do that, people will know. The world will know that there's something different about this community, about this organization, about this congregation, about this church. And that's why our focus groups could talk about how warm and welcoming and inviting our worship services are. And that's how they can, they can talk about how, how we are accommodating and accepting. We have different, multiple worship services that, that meet different needs. And that we can... Experience the how and the why together when we take communion together, when we recite the Apostles' Creed. Those are the elements of worship that allow us, the, that allows the how that points back to the why. Our response, our faith in the one true God that calls us out to be a different people, a separate people. We are separate when we believe and as we love. And maybe that's the answer to the how question. That's always pointing back to the why question. So as we affirm our faith together this morning, as we find the words in the Apostles' Creed, remember the why. Remember that the why is our, our common belief individuals, and as a corporate body, the belief in the one true God revealed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that calls us together to be a separate people, a loving people, a reflection of God's great love and grace for the world. And let us affirm that in our words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen.